Financial freedom is essential to one's well-being and financial security. During this podcast, our team of experts will discuss the importance of financial freedom. They will discuss how saving consistently will help you to accumulate a healthy emergency fund while simultaneously building financial wealth. Panelists will give tried and true methods that will lead to financial freedom, even in the midst of this present economic crisis. Hello, my name is Mrs. Claudia Thompson. I am a Client Relationship Officer and Pension Administrator with CFAL. I have with me today our experts, Mrs. Pamela Ferguson, Vice President of Investments, and Mrs. Sophia Thurston, Vice President of Pensions and Operations. Welcome, ladies. Let's jump right in. So, having the financial conversation. How important is it to talk about finances and money management? Is that a private topic, or is talking about money essential to getting started on the journey towards building wealth? I think it's very important. If you don't talk about it, you will not act. I believe that saving is a journey and not the destination, so you have to start first by talking. For someone who's interested in getting started, they will talk with a financial advisor, and that would be their first step. Then they will set some goals and begin working on their budget, which will get them on a path to explore their financial freedom. If you're married, I think you should talk to your spouse. Um, they may have ideas. And you also want to ensure that you are on the same page. I agree with you, Sophie. You know, money is an important topic in any relationship, no matter if you are wealthy or have just two pence to rub together. However, it can sometimes seem a difficult and taboo topic that stirs up an immense emotion. But I believe knowledge is power and finances should be talked about because it's vital to know where you stand and if you want to grow and protect your wealth, knowledge is key. I also want to add that talking about your finances to the appropriate persons can bring a sense of relief which in turn allow for better decision-making and can help to avoid critical financial mistakes. I also agree. I believe it is essential to talk about money, but you have to choose your people wisely who you speak with. So find like-minded people, people who have gotten it right, who are trying to get somewhere. I really think that money is a private topic, but if talked about with the right people, it really can change your life. So in my many years of working in finance, I've been asked this question many times. What tips or practical solutions can you recommend to help persons with limited means or income achieve financial security, stability, and ultimately financial prosperity? So some of the tips I would offer are firstly, use only a debit card. This way you will spend only what you have. My first credit card was an American Express card, and I got that at university. And the American Express card, you have to pay all of the bill one time. And so that was a card that caused me to get into the habit of paying the full amount at one time. Secondly, I would say spend only on meaningful things, needs, not wants. Thirdly, create a budget so that you know what your monthly expenses are. And finally, build relationships with people who can help you grow. 
Well, I think it's very simple to say, um, but it's very difficult to do also. What works is living below your means. Don't try to spend all of your money every week. You can cook and eat at home instead of eating out. Try to control your shopping and spending. I know sometimes it's hard with Amazon, so easy, you know, you can click and it's shipped right to you. And I know there's a lot of shipping companies, but try to control your online shopping and spending on anything that you consider a want versus a need. I would like a new outfit every time I have a function, but do I really need one? Probably not. I can probably recycle something. And if you make the 220 per week, try to live like you make 150 a week and try to save that $70 difference. And please don't borrow money for anything besides a home if you don't have to. Uh, once you get into debt, it's very hard to get out of debt. So I would say try to stay away from borrowing as much as possible. You know, like both of you mentioned, and I concur entirely, a concept most important to living a prosperous life is to live below your means. Now, I'm not saying that you do not treat yourself occasionally. However, key to living below your means is to distinguish between the things that you need and the things that you want. So it doesn't matter if you make $210 per week or $2,100 per week. If you are constantly spending more than you earn, you will have financial stress and worries. People generally tend to think that the more money you have, it equals financial security. However, bigger salaries often lead to bigger homes and or fancier cars, but it's not necessarily a bigger bank account. So if you're in a situation where you are making minimum wage, and in the case of the Bahamas, that's $210 per week in the private sector, and you want to climb out of that rot, some bold, decisive decisions must be made. For instance, consider shared accommodations. Consider saving as little as $25 per week or per month via a shameless plug for C-File, the C-File Savings Plan, and look to cut out all unnecessary spending. So ladies, what other types of savings vehicles do you recommend to persons wanting to start a savings plan? And is the bank the best vehicle to save money? First, Sophie, I recommend that savings should be automatic. One option is salary deduction via your company's HR department or digital account-to-account -account transfer via online banking. Then I recommend that you work towards saving up to approximately 15% of your income. Now calm down, calm down. This may seem overwhelming, but this 15% is comprised of personal savings, your emergency fund, social security savings like NIB, and a company-sponsored pension plan. You know what, Sophie and Claudia? Contrary to popular belief, you don't need a large sum of funds to start a saving plan. I particularly like the Bible scripture that says, Little by little, wealth increases, but wealth gained hastily will dwindle. So slow and steady savings over the long haul will bring a sense of purpose and pride as you watch your money grow. And a good product to start with is the C-File Savings Plan that I mentioned just a while ago. You can start with as little as $100 in initial contribution and as little as $25 in voluntary subsequent subscription. Now, regarding using the bank to save money, I personally feel that if you're looking to build wealth, 
the bank is not the best place to store funds due to the increased level of fees levied on accounts, particularly on accounts with low balances. Perhaps you can use the bank account to build your emergency fund account, which should be very liquid and accessible. So I also agree, um, but for me, putting money into a savings account with a bank, I think can be just a good place to start. That's where I started. I started putting money in a bank account, but that shouldn't be your long-term goal. You should have that money there for a purpose, and once that purpose is fulfilled, you move on to bigger and better things. I think a savings account now doesn't really pay the interest like it used to, so try to save in an account that pays more than 2% in interest. You know, gone are the days where, you know, your parents or your grandparents used to put a lump sum away and just live off of the interest in a bank account. You have to be much more savvy these days and really learn about mutual funds, government bonds. The credit unions are also good. Low-risk mutual funds and savings account with CFAL, like Pam mentioned, are good alternatives. So try to make your saving as automatic as possible. Do salary deduction or automatic or online transfers. So I do agree with Claudia. The bank may be a good place to start. Um, some banks do offer a rate of like a 1.75 to 2% and in a form of some type of ASU savings account. And they do have a lockup period. So it encourages you not to withdraw. And I think if you can get into the habit, then, you know, transferring then into a C-File Savings Express, which has a longer lock-in period of two years, you would be able to adjust. We have had many clients going out and joining our Savings Express. And as soon as that account starts to build up, uh, they want those funds out. So perhaps the bank may be a good place to start. So many people live on the edge financially or from paycheck to paycheck. They are consumed with massive amounts of debt. According to the Central Bank's Financial Literacy Survey, only 48% of respondents have the equivalent of at least six months' worth of income saved for emergencies. Alternatively, about 13% of respondents could not manage for more than one month. How do you help pull those with insufficient savings from the brink of financial disaster or ruin and onto a path of financial freedom? I would say first you have to start with having them complete a budget. And if in that budgeting process you notice that there are multiple loans, then perhaps the loan consolidation may be a good option for them. I normally don't recommend loan consolidation, but if we have to make some room for savings and we could free up some cash, this is a good place to start. And, and some banks also offer um, savings plans that are attached to the loan consolidation to help the person on their way to starting to save. You know, the first step to financial freedom is to break the cycle of living paycheck to paycheck. And that means getting out of debt and saving more. There's a saying that goes, when your output exceeds your input, your upkeep will be your downfall. So spending tends to keep pace with increased income and therefore savings is very important to break the cycle of living paycheck to paycheck. And to save yourself from financial disaster, I recommend downsizing immediately. Look at your largest expenses and explore ways of cutting it. For instance, if rent is too high, look at reducing it. This may require sacrifice, but the good thing is that you will not have to sacrifice forever. Yes, 
the new apartment or house may be smaller and may not be in a, the best area of the island. But the short sacrifice will not last forever and you will save some money in the process. If you feel that your spending is basically fixed and very little can be done to reduce it, I recommend that you look for a side job to increase your income. Look at doing something that you like and that you're good at and passionate about. So if you can cut your spending while simultaneously increasing your income, it's a good start. It is important during this time to think long term, which means accepting the overnight changes are less than likely in most situations. If you stick with it, however, you will make not living paycheck to paycheck a lifestyle. So I always think it's important to start with writing things down and face your financial situation. Break it down into steps to tackle one thing at a time. And always try to pay off your highest interest rate first, such as credit cards and consumer loans. Try to live below your means, spending less than you make. I found over the years that it doesn't really matter who makes the most money, it's about who saves the most money. I've known people who make a lot of money, but at the end of the day, they have nothing to show for it. They have fun while it lasted, but when their luck ran out, they had nothing to fall back on. I'm sure we've all met people like that. Then, on the other hand, I've known people who have made a modest income who weren't worried about keeping up with the Joneses, and they saved their money, built apartments out of pocket, paid off their house mortgage, and retired early. They didn't have debt from sending um, their children off to college, anything like that, and they, you know, they really made the most of their income over time. You know, earlier we talked about an emergency fund. So what is an emergency fund, and does it make sense to start one during the current COVID-19 crisis? An emergency fund is usually defined as six months worth of living expenses tucked away somewhere that you can only touch during emergencies. It should be very liquid. It shouldn't be something that you have to wait for, such as something that's locked away in, say, a fixed deposit for three years. It should be very liquid and accessible. We are currently in a state of emergency due to the coronavirus pandemic. So it will be a bit harder to start an emergency fund now, but it can be done, especially if you are still working. I would say try to build up six months worth of living expenses as soon as you can. So my definition of an emergency fund, funds set aside for a rainy day, like a medical emergency, loss of a job or a natural disaster. An emergency fund is not an investment. It is an insurance and it's really there to help cover you when things go bad. It is there to prevent you from having to use your retirement savings or other investments, which may have to be liquidated at a lower value. I think it's never too late to start saving. So if you don't have an emergency fund and you still have a job, you should start one now. Yeah, I agree. The pandemic really highlights the need for an emergency fund. And building an emergency fund makes sense in normal times, although most persons find it very difficult to do. So if you have a job, like you mentioned, Sophie, I think it's good to start right now and build up your emergency fund, especially now that your discretionary spending has dropped. If your income was not affected or even slightly affected, uh, maybe complete a budget to see how much you can afford to begin putting into the emergency fund. And I know three to six months of living expenses may seem overwhelming, but if you start small and you build it up 
Over time, you will get to the desired amount. Remember, this figure is based on expenses and not income. And here's where I recommend you use a bank account when you want to build up your emergency um, fund because you can get it easily if it's stored in a bank account. I think you need to remember that a line of credit is not a substitute for an emergency fund as it has an interest obligation. And I also want to plug in here to pay down high interest debt like credit card and overdraft uh, before you begin to start building up for your emergency fund. So do you think it's possible for people to shift their mindset from the need for enjoyment right now to the long-term mindset of delayed gratification that comes with saving for 10 or 20 years from now? I think so, Sophia, but it's not easy. It will require discipline. Saving money can be the hardest thing to do. This is because we are conditioned to crave for instant gratification. When we have money, we automatically think of things that we need to buy. It's generally how we are wired. So shifting our mindset as it relates to savings and investing will require a lot of discipline. So I encourage persons to seek out the information and develop a plan and be disciplined in executing that plan. So um, honestly, I believe that it's highly, highly, highly difficult after a certain point. I'm not sure if it's possible unless the mindset shift happens when the person is young. Most people prefer to borrow money today and enjoy themselves now rather than wait and save up to buy something a few years from now. I have clients who glaze over when we try to talk about discipline and saving and, you know, delayed gratification. Most persons want to enjoy themselves now. Why can't I go away for Christmas this year? Why do I have to wait three years from now and not borrow the money? So I think it's very difficult to shift the mindset. It's not impossible, but I think it's difficult unless the shift happens early on. Yes, I think it's possible. Um, I think um, with COVID-19, some persons um, were pushed into the shift. Um, they came to realize how important it was to have something set aside. And so we have had a number of clients calling, indicating now they want to set up their savings express plan. I, should have, I shouldn't have waited, um, but now they see the need to have money set aside. And so they are making the shift. I lost my job and I don't have any savings or a pension plan to assist me. Where do I begin on this journey of saving my way to prosperity? Do I go to my family? Should I go to the church or should I look to the government for assistance? I believe that we should look to the three of those entities. First, you start with your family. They are the ones that are closest to you. And there should be at least one member of your family who is able to assist. In the event your family is not able to assist, then your church family should be there for you. I know in this day and age, a lot of people have stopped attending church. But for those who have continued you can get help from the church. My church assists persons with groceries, rent, and other needs. So I think the church is definitely a place to go. Finally, social services or government can be there for you. Um, there are long lines, but yes, you can access them, whether it's the Red Cross. I believe you should go there. I agree, Sophie. You know, one must use all of the resources that you mentioned, family, church, and government during this time if there are no other means to support themselves. 
During this time, it's important to survive. Survive to fight another day. Survive to get on the other side of this pandemic and implement the plans that you made during these difficult times. So I believe also that depending on family, church, and government assistance is necessary at times, but it should only be temporary if possible. If you have a disability, then that is different, of course. But if at all possible, take temporary assistance, but get out there as soon as possible and try to do something for yourself. Try get another job, for instance. It may not be in the same industry that you are used to working in, but you can try something new for now to make ends meet. And then when things get better, go back to the industry you prefer. Relying on others long term shouldn't really be the answer. I know things are hard, but that should really only be your option once you've exhausted all other options. If you do find a job, then vow to do something different this time by setting up an individual savings or pension plan so that you wouldn't fall short if anything like this should happen in the future. So ladies, our final question. How did you learn about personal money management? Was there a turning point for you? When did it click? I learned from reading books. My topics were Rich Dad, Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki and Total Money Makeover by Dave Ramsey. It clicked for me in my first job. I experienced the working from month to month, paycheck to paycheck, and it was not a good experience. And so I had to go back to those books and look at the budget, writing everything down, taking out what is not necessary, and not really worrying about what people thought of my car, my clothes. I just needed to do what I needed to do. You know, my experience um, is several, a series of events that led me to the point of understanding the importance of saving. And first, growing up, my mom told me on occasion that I would be an accountant. So she would sit us around her and she would tell us what she thought we would be. And I, she told me I was an accountant. And so growing up, I held on to that. And I remember during primary school, the first day of school, we had to stand and say our names and our ambition in life. And I was just delighted to say that I wanted to be an accountant. And that stuck with me. Math was one of my stronger subject areas. And then my involvement in church at an early age and being given leadership roles like the treasurer of the youth department helped me to learn about the responsibility of handling monies. So I had to take the monies home after we counted it and I had to store it and keep it there. So I learned that discipline that that money is there for another purpose and is not for you to dip into um, occasionally. And finally, when I started my first job, I went from having no personal income to making about $375 per week. Um, and that was an initial challenge like Sophia. I found that I was living paycheck to paycheck and I, it got to a point where I was behind in my bills, particularly my tithes. And so one paycheck, I took the entire amount to pay off all of my bills, including my tithes. And I had nothing left and I had no savings and I hated the feeling. And from that point on, I made a personal commitment when I got paid to pay my bills first, including my tithes. And a couple of years later, I got a $4,000 bonus. That's the, one of the first bonuses that I received and invested the entire amount into the C-File Savings Balance Fund to start a savings plan. And following that initial investment, whenever I got a bonus, 
over 70% was invested in my savings plan. And when I got a salary increase, over 50% was invested into my savings plan. So I learned to maintain or make slight increases in my lifestyle to build up my personal investment account over the years. And I learned that little by little, with the help of God, I was able to build up an investment nest egg for today. So my turning point was when my husband and I wanted to buy a home. We had to save up 25% of the cost of the home for the down payment, and we really had to sacrifice and budget. We were able to do it, but that was a real struggle for us. Of course, we were just starting out and not making much money. And I think we are still scarred by that experience and we really didn't want to repeat that at any time in life. So we made sure we had a budget, we stuck to it, and we were adamant about saving and investing. So thank you so much, ladies, for sharing your wonderful insight with us. In conclusion, thank you for joining us today for this interesting and informative discussion. The CFAL Talks podcast would love to hear from you, our listeners, on what financial topics you would like to hear our experts discuss. Please send your suggestions to info at cfile.com or post on our Facebook page or on our website at cfile.com. <music>